Good evening, Bethany Community Church. My name is Raul Perez, and I'm the senior associate pastor at Bethany North in Shoreline. I like being a senior because most of my life, I've been a junior, okay? My dad is named Raul. His dad is named Raul. So technically, I'm a third. Their names are spelled R-A-U-L. I think because I'm a third, they, my parents thought it would f- be funny if they put three vowels in my name. So it's R-A-O-U-L. I would have named my son Raul too, but I didn't think I could get a fourth vowel in there. R-A-E-O-U-L or one that five. R-A-E-I-O-U-L. It doesn't work. So I named him Solomon and Elias instead. <laughs> Yes, so I'm the senior associate pastor at North. I've been here about a year, and this is my first time preaching from this platform, and I'm thankful to be here tonight. The last time I was on this platform was January 4th for the Memorial of Joy Kim, a talented artist and compassionate lover of people who died way too young. I had the privilege of leading the family in the mourning and the grieving of the death of their daughter, sister, niece, and friend. That day, I wore what I'm wearing here today, my mourning suit, memorial attire. After everything was over, I was still kind of sad, a bit reflective about what was happening, and I didn't think to change before I drove home to Everett. And what I didn't know was that my family at home while I was gone was preparing a birthday celebration for me. See, the next day, January 5th, was my 36th birthday. So they thought that they would prepare early and surprise me. So my wife, Sarah, my two boys, Solomon and Elias, who are four and three little guys, they decorated the house, they made me a birthday cake, and they wrapped my presents all as a surprise for me. You know, it was a party, but I was going to be returning home in my black-on-black morning attire. You can see it in your mind's eye, can't you? Like, the irony of a celebration and sad morning clothes coming into the house. You'd think that it would kind of put a damper on the whole evening. But the strange thing was, the ironic thing was, that participating in that memorial helped me prepare even more to appreciate and receive the good gifts that my family had prepared for me. There was something about, something about coming home from the memorial, having mourned, still wearing my sackcloth and ashes, if you will, that really prepared me to receive my birthday gifts this year. And that is exactly what Lent is like. Preparing ourselves through mourning for the gifts of the Easter celebration. Let's put it into a parable like like Jesus would. What can I compare the Lenten season leading up to Easter? To what can I compare it? It's like a man who on his birthday put on his sackcloth and ashes, and went to the graveyard to mourn. For a friend who had died, 
but also for his sin. And when he returned later that day for his birthday celebration, he did not change. He entered his home ready to celebrate. He sat at his table eager to receive his gifts. This is what Lent is like. It's not about showing up the right way. It's about showing up in a way ready to receive. It's not about showing up the right way. It's about showing up in a way ready to receive. In order to receive, one must prepare. And preparation is what Lent is for. We must prepare ourselves to go to the cross with Jesus Preparation looks like us sussing out the places in ourselves that rebel against the cross and exposing those areas to the light. We rebel against repentance, confession, being vulnerable. We rebel because this kind of self-confrontation, it causes us to suffer. And the flesh hates to suffer. But a servant is not above their master. So if we follow Jesus who suffered, we too will suffer. So let us prepare ourselves for this reality so that we do not miss the gifts waiting for us at the coming celebration. For if we do not prepare for the cross, we will miss the resurrection. Preparation is what Jesus is calling for when he first begins his ministry in the Gospel of Mark. That's what we just had read to us. He said, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Plainly, he's saying, it's time. God's kingdom is at hand. Change your old ways of thinking and believe what I'm saying to you now. From the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, he is calling people to wake up, be alert, to prepare themselves for God's kingdom, or said another way, to prepare for resurrection life. For if we do not prepare for the cross, we will miss the resurrection. In a way, all of Jesus' ministry from the time that he makes this announcement to the time that he goes to the cross is an ever-intensifying Lenten preparation. In the Gospels, we see how he slowly reveals to his own disciples about what he must suffer at the hands of the Jewish leaders and that he must die. And then he slowly reveals to them that they, his disciples, would face suffering likewise in order to follow him. Scripture says that the the disciples did not believe these things until after Jesus was crucified. This may be why the 12 disciples denied Jesus in the end, because they had not prepared for the cross. Are you prepared for the cross? If Jesus' 12 disciples were unprepared for the cross, how can we be ready? I know it sounds like a rhetorical question, but it's not because, in truth, there is hope in the, in the gospel account. 
some of Jesus' disciples were prepared for the cross. It wasn't the 12. It was the women. You see, it was the male disciples, the 12, who denied Jesus and scattered, not the women who were following him. It seems the women were prepared for the suffering of the cross, the rejection and the confusion, because come that first Easter Sunday, who was there? The women. The women were there, and not just there, they were there to receive the truth that Jesus had been resurrected. They believed. Luke's gospel, though, says that when the women shared the good news with the 12 male disciples, it struck them as nonsense, and they didn't believe the women. So go on, women, say to your men, even scripture says that you're dense and you don't listen. <laughs> My wife is watching on live stream right now, and she's going to say, I told you so when I get home. But, but this is me. I am one of those dense disciples. The, they are unprepared. I dare say at this point, they're unrepentant, and they do not believe the truth that Jesus has been resurrected. If anyone among us is equipped to share a word on how to prepare to receive resurrection life, it's women. The women in scripture had prepared themselves and thus were the first to hear and share the good news about Jesus. And I believe that is true today. I believe if we had more women preaching the word of God, especially on how we should prepare to take up our cross daily as women do We would be Christians steadily walking on the path of righteousness, able to overcome obstacles, to not be tempted away off the path. So women, with your lives and with your words, share on how to prepare with your family and your community and this church because we need your voice to direct us on how to overcome the wiles of this world. By doing so, you will prepare many to receive resurrection life. Let me share a few stories on how my wife has taught me how to be prepared. When I get excited, I talk loud. Nesting. Are you all familiar with this term, nesting? I was not until my wife got pregnant with our first boy, Solomon. Nesting is something that happens during pregnancy, which is this overwhelming, overwhelming desire to get the home ready for baby, right? My wife was ready <laughs> for what nesting would entail. I was not. That should not surprise you, because I've already confessed dense disciple, right? So when rooms started to get emptied, organized and reorganized, when we started to reevaluate everything, when the windows needed to be replaced because it was drafty, I was not ready for this. I fought it, making excuses and half-hearted, you know, justifications like, "Eh, is it really that drafty in the baby's room? Come on. I knew we would decorate and get all the things necessary for the baby. 
it wasn't really about the work it entailed. The, the challenge for me is that I did not anticipate that we would look through every room and all our things and reassess their purpose. It seemed that everything was up for grabs. Nothing was safe from nesting. I was completely unprepared for the re-evaluation process and even less ready to let go of the meaning our things gave to me. It's like I was clinging to them for my identity. Sarah, on the other hand, was so ready to reassess the function of our space and was willing to hold with an open hand the purpose or value of our things. In light of a new baby coming to our home, she was willing to throw open every door and every window and closet and let the light shine into those spaces. In our home and in her heart, she was ready to let go of what needed to be let go and repurpose the rest so that she and the home would be ready to receive baby Solomon. What I learned from Sarah is that nesting is a necessary preparation to be ready for a change once it finally comes. Nesting is necessary to be ready for a change once it finally comes. In a way, nesting is like Repentance. Repentance, metanoia, literally meaning to change one's mind, to turn and go another way. I needed to look into the rooms of my heart and begin to ask questions about the contents. If I was going to be a supportive husband, a present and loving father, I needed to have the courage to look at the contents of my heart to do some nesting inside. I discovered I felt resentful of all the changes, and that made me bitter at times. I needed to repent, to change my mind, to see these changes as an opportunity to welcome my son. I discovered that I was scared, scared about becoming a dad, and I hid that with anger and defensiveness. And I needed to repent to begin to share my fears with Sarah. I discovered that I was selfish, surprise, surprise, and controlling and just didn't want things to change. I needed to repent and to learn to serve my family with joy rather than out of obligation. When Solomon finally came, June 19, 2014, I still had a lot more work to do in myself. But I was at least ready to receive him for the gift that he was. I was ready to be his dad. It's not about showing up the right way. It's about showing up in a way where you're ready to receive what will the process of nesting this Lent open up in your heart? What contents have you been hiding away 
in a dark closet, hoping you won't have to face them again. No matter who you are, we all hide things away. If we are not willing to pull our things out into the light, we will not be prepared to go to the cross. And if we are not prepared for the cross, we will miss the resurrection. And we don't want to miss the resurrection. Lent is not just about giving things up. It's also about receiving, receiving with belief. We pull out and give our dirty laundry, we, we pull out our dirty laundry so that for the purpose of receiving a new wardrobe, we die to ourselves so that we may live in Christ. We go to the birthday celebration in our mourning clothes so that we are able to recognize and fully receive God's good gifts. We are not facing our sin just, just for the fun of it. We're doing it so that we can be prepared to face the cross and receive the resurrection life. But when that moment comes, you must receive it with belief. Sarah taught me this too. And I'll end on this story. June 5th, 2014. That's a date many of us know. That's the date of the shooting at Seattle Pacific University. Sarah was working on campus that day in Peterson Hall. She was eight months pregnant. For all this, the nesting Sarah had done and how prepared she was, she was still unsure what she would do after Solomon came. Would she work and I stay home? Would she stay home and I work? Would we both work? And get childcare. These are all the questions, ongoing questions that are going on in her head. And while these ongoing questions are coming, she's still going to work all the way up to June 5th. As the campus went into lockdown, she went under her desk and just waited in the dark for what would happen. She told me later in the terror of that situation that it really brought her priorities into plain view. She would simply repeat to herself in the dark, I just want to meet my son. I just want to meet my son. I just want to meet my son. From that day forward, Sarah has been unwavering in her conviction that she should stay home and raise our boys. Regardless of financial consequences, she believed she needed to take this step of faith. So Solomon came, she quit her job, we sold our house, we moved in with her folks, we had another baby, and then I became a pastor. That's a great setup for another sermon. <laughs> Here's the thing. This illustration isn't a commentary on working or stay-at-home moms, by no means. Staying at home was the step of faith that my wife believed that she should take. What I wanted to illustrate is what Sarah demonstrated to me. Namely, that preparation can only take us so far. 
at some point, only belief will take you to the other side. When the resurrection life is presented to us, we need, we need to decide if we believe it is real or not. We need to decide if we believe what Jesus promised is true or not. If it is not true, then Christianity is just a club with a pretty low entrance bar. Come for the encouragement, stay for the friendships, watch out for the judgments, because there will be judgments. I'm just saying. But if it is true, then not only are you a new creation, then the Spirit of God dwells in you, and you are literally a living, breathing manifestation of the kingdom of God here on earth. You do not live by hate, but by love. You do not live by fear, but in peace. You do not live in reaction to the way things seem. You live by faith in God. You are an apostle. You are a prophet. You are a preacher, a teacher, or an evangelist. You are literally the home of God. All these gifts are waiting for you at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So this Lent, as we reflect on Ecclesiastes 3 in a sermon series we have entitled Seasons, A Time for Everything, I encourage you to take stock of the life that you are living. Are you prepared for the cross? More so, are you prepared to receive the resurrection life that has been prepared for you? If not, this Lent, I again encourage you to put, put on your sackcloth and ashes, get to work nesting and repenting for your sins, and come to the Easter celebration ready to receive in faith the resurrection life. As a form of response, let us co collectively commit ourselves to preparation this Lent through this adapted call and response prayer from Henri Nouwen. The plain text I'll read and the bold text you'll read. How, how often have we lived through these weeks without paying much attention to penance, fasting, and prayer? How often have we missed the spiritual fruits of the season without even being aware of it? But how can we ever really celebrate Easter without observing Lent? How can we rejoice fully in your resurrection when we have avoided participating in your death? Yes, Lord, we have to die with you through you and in you, and thus become ready to recognize you when you appear to us in your resurrection. There is so much in us that needs to die. False attachments, greed and anger, impatience and stinginess. We see clearly now how little really gone your way in being faithful to it. O oh Lord, make this Lenten season different from the other ones, let us be prepared for the resurrection celebration. Amen.
This evening, as Pastor Kendi said, we'll be coming forward to receive the imposition of ashes. This is a reminder of our mortality and our dependence on God, our dependence on Christ, and our need for resurrection life. Normally, oh, I should invite forward the pastors and attendants in the band to come back up. Normally, when these ashes are imposed on you, you'll hear the line, from dust you came to dust you will return. And that is an important reminder. But tonight, when you have the ashes imposed upon you, you'll hear the line, repent and prepare for resurrection life. That's what we as a community are preparing for this Lenten season. So how we will do it logistically, you'll exit your rows to the right and come down and go in a counterclockwise fashion. Uh, You will have it put on your forehead, but if you do not want it put on your forehead, just go ahead and stick your hand out. We'll put it there for you. Let us prepare ourselves for the resurrection life.